Welcome to the Watershed Teaching Podcast. Watershed is the high school ministry of Perimeter Church in Johns Creek, Georgia. Perimeter Church is part of the Presbyterian Church in America. Watershed is a place where we hope high school students would connect, receive, and transform. We want to see students connect with God and others through healthy community, receive His truth through gospel-centered, grace-based teaching, and be transformed by the gospel to then go transform their world. Thank you for downloading this podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.perimeter.org slash watershed. Hey guys, um, good morning. Uh, I know it's not morning to y'all. It's almost 6 a.m. right now for me. Um, Very few topics I'm asked to speak on keep me up literally all night um, thinking about it. And my topic for tonight, or yeah, tonight I guess, is... Um, suffering alone and together and I know that that is terribly relevant right now for you guys um, and relevant in general for the rest of your lives so I I've (laughs) I've been up all night thinking about it and how this was going to go and I figure why not go ahead and record it while it's fresh on my mind Um, just to explain the dark windows in the background uh, and my cats running around like lunatics uh, because this is when they choose to do that so uh, before I jump in I want to give a brief caveat, I guess, about suffering so that we're on the same page with what we're talking about. And I want to give a little bit of a disclaimer here. Um, There's three types of suffering I have illustrations for. They're not necessarily graphic, but we're talking about suffering, so they're pretty sad. Um, If you're someone who's predisposed to not wanting to hear really, really sad things, you might want to skip ahead um, two or three minutes until I'm at the end of those illustrations. Um, But I think they're helpful. So, Uh, The first type of suffering is this. Here's the illustration. Um, There's a young college kid who goes out drinking with his buddies, and he feels really bad toward the end of the night that he's been drinking so much, and he decides he's going to go home and rest. Um, And so he leaves feeling bad that he drank too much, and the next thing he knows, he wakes up in a ditch on the side of the road, and he can't move. Um, He sees an ambulance arriving, and he passes out, and he wakes up in the hospital. He still can't move, and he sees doctors all around. Uh, He blacks out again, but the third time he wakes up, he sees a couple of doctors, but he sees police officers. And the doctors and the police inform him that he hit a minivan that had an entire family in it, and he was the only one to survive that crash. Um, And because he was under the influence, uh, he's facing criminal charges for that. And then the doctors tell him that he's paralyzed from the neck down for the rest of his life. That is an extreme form of suffering. Um, for a couple of reasons. Firstly, he has to deal with the guilt of knowing what he's done, of of killing an entire family. Uh, Secondly, he's going to be a prisoner, um, not just in that he's going to be in prison, like in jail, uh, but he's a prisoner in his body now for the rest of his life. This is a really sad situation, um, and this is going to sound harsh, but this is, this is a situation where the type of suffering I would call self-inflicted suffering. Um, now, this does not mean you don't pity this person. That doesn't mean that there's not grace for this person and forgiveness for this person, but they made a decision to drink and to drive, and that decision directly correlates to the results. Um, this is the type of suffering where you look at the situation of suffering and you can look at a person and say, this is your fault. Um, you are responsible for the suffering, whether it was to yourself or to others. 
Um, that's the first example, first type of suffering, self-inflicted suffering. Second example, there's a young boy in middle school um, who one day just feels wrong. Uh, and he goes to the doctor and they can't find what's wrong. He goes to another doctor. Eventually he ends up at an oncologist and they discover that this little boy has terminal cancer. Um, he's grieving his family's grieving that he won't get to live a full life and that they're going to lose their child. Um, this is what we often call God-inflicted suffering. Now, to be clear, I'm not saying God causes this. I'm going to say the exact opposite later, actually. Um, however, when we look at a situation and we can't find someone to blame for the suffering, um, there's no person where we can look to and say, this is your fault. Um, we often look to God and say, this is your fault um, because you allowed it or caused it. Um, the third type of suffering is this, and you've heard this story a million times, someone has everything in the world that they want. You know, they have all of the money, all, all of the resources, all of the fame, people love them, but somehow they're still miserable. Um, and they're suffering internally. And this is a suffering that comes from being exhausted of pleasure, um, where we have so much pleasure um, we get to the end of the rainbow and realize there's no pot of gold there and that there's still suffering even there. Now, all of these types of suffering, all three have the same root. And if we go all the way back to the origin of suffering, we find ourselves in the Garden of Eden um, with Eve as she chooses to eat after being commanded not to. And we see mankind opening the door of sin and sin directly causing suffering we see mankind inviting suffering into the world and so it, it is safe to say i would say it's biblical to say that m the responsibility of suffering rests on man and that we are the ones who are responsible for suffering not god um so I wanted to make that clear right off the bat, that no matter the type of suffering, um, mankind is responsible for it because we invited it. Um, okay, that's out of the way. Getting into um, suffering alone and together. I want to talk about together first because I don't think these two things are so different. Um, in Galatians 2.6, um, we're called to bear burdens with one another. This is a twofold command. Um, this is not an easy thing, and I know that, um, but the twofold command is this. When somebody brings their suffering to us, that's a fellow believer, we're called to, to walk with them in that suffering. Um, this is a means of grace. This is a way that we can be the hands and feet of Christ to brothers and sisters in our community. Um, the second part of this commandment is this, that if you're suffering, you need to bring it to your community. Uh, now, what I'm not saying is go up to every Christian you know and tell them all of the problems in your life. Um, but the people that are close to you, the people that you trust, um, you're denying yourself a means of grace by choosing to keep this to yourself. Um, and when we find ourselves suffering alone, um, that's often a self-inflicted wound um, of not allowing others to step in and walk with us. So as far as suffering together, 
we're called to to walk with those who are suffering and we're called to allow others to walk with us in our suffering um and this is kind of my last part that's probably my longest part um even if you acknowledge yes man is the root of suffering we chose to sin we invited suffering in it, it is a result of our actions and we bear responsibility for it not god and you tell others about your suffering and allow them to walk with you and walk with others in their suffering even if you get all of that and you have it down it doesn't do anything if there's no hope um if there's no hope that suffering will eventually not be here anymore and so i want to talk about where that hope that we have comes from and some of you have heard this a million times um but I'm going to give an illustration that I hope will, will, will help a little bit to, to bring it back to the forefront of our minds. Um, I think we need to look back at what God has done and look forward to what he's promised to do. Um, if you look at the Genesis story, you know, we find ourselves in the garden with Eve as she opens the door for the suffering of, of all of us. And knowing that we all would have made that same decision, that we all make that decision daily. Um, we find ourselves standing with her at the beginning of things, uh, where the door to suffering and sin is open, opened and we, the world is now broken. And then we find ourselves standing with Adam, Eve, God, and the serpent. And the first thing God does is not tell Adam and Eve the consequences of their sin. The first thing he does is turn to the serpent and say, I'm going to send someone who's going to crush you and fix this. Um, so the very first thing God does his promise that he's sending someone who will fix this. Now remember, we opened the door for suffering, not God. Um, he had no obligation to do this. There was no, we sinned so God had to fix it. He could have left us to suffer with no hope. Um, but the God we serve is loving and gracious. And the first thing he did was promise he would fix something that we messed up. Um, and we see that fulfilled through the person of Jesus um, thousands of years later. Um, th this God-man shows up and lives the perfect life and dies the death that we couldn't um, to, to forgive the ultimate punishment um, that, that, that is the result of, of bringing sin and suffering um, and gives us eternal life. But often it is, it is difficult to live in that reality when you're in suffering. Um, maybe two years ago, I was laying in bed. Um, I was having a depressive episode that was really bad, and I, I just couldn't... It was like I couldn't look God in the eye, um, thinking, you know, Lord, how, how would you let me suffer like this? Why would you leave me to suffer like this? And I had this picture come to my mind. Um, maybe it was God... Maybe it was just my brain saying, hey, this is helpful. But the picture was this. It was I was sitting at a table waiting to talk to Jesus about where the heck he was in my suffering and how he didn't understand. And he walks up to the table and sits down and puts his feet up, and I see the holes in his feet. And he rolls up his sleeves, and I see the holes in his wrists. And as he looks at me, I, I see on his forehead the scars of where the crown of thorns went in, and he says chase talk to me about suffering um and in this thought i couldn't say anything um and, and there's a tremendous beauty in looking at the person of jesus and knowing at the very least my god suffered too um 
you know, I've come to, I've come to call him the suffering God. That, that it, is a, it is a tremendous comforting truth that our God is not one who sat idly by in the heavens in comfort, but that he came here to suffer for us um, because of us. The second thing is looking forward. First, we look back at Jesus and take that comfort, and then we look forward. And, and this scripture is out of Revelation 21, 2 through 5, and it says this. It says, I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Um, we look back on Jesus and see a promise kept. Um, a th thousands of years in the making, a, a, a promise kept where God said, I'm sending someone to crush you, serpent, and he will fix this. And then Jesus came um, and he offered a salvation and, and fixed it. And then here we see a promise of one day I'm going to fix everything. Um, one day there will be a place. I just, I, it is almost ethereal to think about this the, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven in, in it's almost a proclamation, behold, the dwelling place of God is now with man. Um, and he will dwell with them and they will be his people and he will be with them as their God and wipe away every tear. I mean, this is, it's like the embrace of a father finally. Um, and if you're like me and you're, you're a close friend of suffering, uh, this, is, this is a almost tear-jerking truth. Uh, and hope to look forward to that one day, one day this will happen. And one day there will be no more suffering. There will be no more pain. Um, God himself will wipe our tears away. Um, and there will be no more death. There, There's tremendous hope in this narrative we get to observe in scripture of the person of Jesus leading to him coming back for a second time. Um, so just to recap briefly, um, the first thing is we have to acknowledge that suffering is, is something that man created. <laughs> That's my cat. Um, so suffering is something that man opened the door to, um, and therefore we bear responsibility for it. Um, as far as suffering in our community, we're called to, uh, bear burdens with our brothers and sisters, but also allow our brothers and sisters to bear burdens with us, um, and lastly, we cannot have those things without the hope of the gospel, of what Jesus has done, and, and that he is a suffering God, and that he understands, and that one day things will be made right. Um, if you're someone who's in suffering right now, um, I hope that this is helpful and encouraging. It, it can be difficult in the midst of suffering to, to, to see the beauty of these things. Um, but I hope that, that at the very least, there's some hope here for you. Um, so some things I want you all to think about in your group tonight. Um, firstly, are you willing to let others bear your burdens with you? Um, if you're anything like me, it's really tough to let other people into your, to your mess and where you're struggling because, you know, in my mind, I'm like, I'm a man, I can deal with it. But, but the reality is I need help in a lot of those areas. Um, 
Secondly, what are some ways that you can bear burdens with the people you're close with? Um, and lastly, you know, when you think about this hope that we have in Jesus and in the future, is that a, a reality to you? Um, it, it's easy to treat this stuff kind of like mythology um, and say, man, that's a cool story that's got a cool ending, but is this real to you? Um, is this really a hope you're looking forward to? Um, that, that one day this will happen and things will be right. Um, I'm going to pray for y'all's groups and then I'm <laughs> going to go to bed for like an hour, I guess. Um, Father, thank you for your word and thank you for the truth we have here. Um, thank you that we get to be your hands and feet to one another. Um, and thank you that we have hope. Um, that we have hope of salvation now um, because Christ has come and you've kept your word. Um, and because we know you're trustworthy, we have hope that one day things will be made right. Um, that the suffering we have now will wash away and there will be no more death and tears and you will be even more personal then than you are now. That you will literally wipe our tears away. Uh, we thank you for all these things. Uh, we pray that groups tonight go well. I would praise your name. Amen. All right, guys. Have a good group.